What's up, mouth breathers? I'm Hunter. And I'm Tono, and welcome to Stranger Stranger Thursdays. I almost said bangers. I saw it. I saw it in the camera. This is the hottest and queerest Stranger Thursdays. Definitely queer. Definitely queer. Stranger Things recap podcast. The newest season, season four. Um... Here we are, bitches. Um, If you don't know us, we are huge Stranger Things fans. If you haven't seen the Netflix series, now is your chance to pause this podcast and go watch and catch up to season four because we're about to give you the whole rundown, the whole rundown, the the inside look. Um, If if Twitter's not spoiling enough for you, we are going to spoilers are ahead. This is your warning. And if you don't really want to watch Stranger Things, you could go listen to our other podcast, Bangers, uh, on Wednesdays. And on Fridays, you can listen to the new music that we curate for you. We are taking up the end of your week, bitches. And we are seeing the beginning of the end of Stranger Things. Here we are. Um, this episode talk about to talk about chapter one. The Hellfire Club. The Hellfire Club. This has a very interesting start. We got the uh, first eight minutes released, like a week or two before the actual uh, actual release. A little bit in part of why the beginning felt so almost like slow. Yeah, because we we had seen it already, and we're just like kind of like waiting on like what's happening next. But it is kind of like the slowest initial start to a season it like the duffer brothers are getting a little bit more modern with their references and i don't think they were going this far but it reminds me of the movie monster house uh showing like a mundane neighborhood to like a reveal relevant to the audience like dr brenner being alive exactly we get like this little boy um throwing paper throwing newspapers out to the neighborhood um and who does he throw a newspaper to but this man who is happens to be dr brenner which is absolutely horrifying to know that he's alive and like it's about to be about him and we get to the day uh what is it it's september 8th 1979 1979. so it's 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 before we supposedly saw him die and it's before before any of this before any of it it's four years before the disappearance of will byers when was when was that 83 84 yeah in uh November, November of 84. 6th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. One of the two. Yeah. 83. Of 83. It's 83. Okay, beautiful. And, um, yeah. So then it cuts to Brenner at where? No, nowhere but Hawkins Laboratory. It's very specifically the Rainbow Room, but it's a little bit different than the Rainbow Room that we saw back in season two. I'm just wondering why it's different. What are the renovations? I mean, everything's a little bit different. Like, they couldn't. I wish that they thought this far ahead and like planned like past uh, like things in the past before just so everything would look the same. But sometimes it can't, Um, you know. Yeah, and you know, they probably collected more kids throughout that time, uh, so I I get why. Well, it does. It shows, like, when when they they, uh, went to the Rainbow Room, there's at least, like, one, two, three, four, I think, like, probably eight kids in the room. Yeah, and you see one, you see a couple kids, like, playing around with, like... Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Eleven children in this room. Ooh, eleven. Um... 
and you count can count all the heads. But they're playing with like little toys that you would find in like a like a doctor's office waiting room, but with their powers. Notice the kid in the left chair drawing. That's all I have to say. Um, Papa interacting with the children in the sequence gives me like a really uneasy feeling. Like the writers are really trying to make you think that you, like maybe he's not awful, but maybe. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, they always kind of did that. I mean, well, yeah. he he was definitely like a villain, but he was always trying to paint himself as a good guy. And this episode, like this intro, they're just showing it because like he's their papa. Like, and also these kids don't have any parents. Like, it's, yeah. it, it, they don't know anything else. They don't know anything else. I don't know. It's clear they don't have a mother. I'm sure that, like some of them know their mother. Like, like, um, like Elle, who had her mom taken and has seen it. I'm sure the other kids have had dramatic experiences. Like Kali, who like saw like some guy kill her parents i'm pretty sure um that was uh eight from uh season two season two exactly uh i always get it mixed up where's the we can't believe we're four seasons this is so into wild. this yeah like w- this is getting intricate oh jesus christ <laughs> um and you know we see so we next up we see uh Papa take 10 uh, into an evaluation. And during this, I'm like, I'm we're seeing him able to see things he's drawing, see things in other rooms. And yeah, similar I, to like the things that Eleven would do. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like wondering, do all of the children possess the same or similar powers? Um, because Eleven can do all, most of all of these things if in even if in a different manner. As Brenner watches um, Ten, like, see his powers, he clearly sees something, like, going wrong. First, he watches uh, Brenner draw, like, a dog on a uh, on a piece of paper, or a sun on a piece of paper. And then it's, like, a dog on a piece of paper. And it's, like, scary in the way that it flashes, but it's not, like the things that they're showing are bad until the scary noise, the scary like sounds and the music in the background continues. And like 10, the uh, can continues to like freak out. And it's like, something's going wrong and says people are dead. Um, and then cuts to Dr. Brenner being knocked out by a door. Um, literally just being like, um, blown through the room um i would assume by somebody with powers but oh yeah we currently know no one else who possesses these powers except for 11 um brenner wakes up sometime later uh and he is walking through all of these hallways uh and there is just so many dead kids prior to the the scary ass uh depiction of these dead children i was just thinking a lot of i mean most of those children in that room had like the mind powers like were able to like move things and stuff like that um but they were also like five to twelve years old So, (laughs) so moving on to all these dead fucking children this was kind of terrifying and jarring to watch at first they were literally said fuck them kids yeah, they, uh, in the episode description, Netflix actually states, like, at the at the end of it, it's, like, this depicts, like, really graphic scenes with children. Uh, oh, so just, okay. like, watch I out was for wondering that. why... Okay, I was wondering why they said that. Because at the beginning, the... Following the shootings that uh, at the schools that most recently happened. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Uncomfortable timing. Exactly. And I was like, what the heck? But now you... Uh, I was just assuming that it would, like, all connect at some point. Um, but now that you said it, it makes sense. 
Yeah. Things go right over my head, man. It's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing they did put that warning. But, like, I-, I noticed that, like, when they were shooting all the shots of the children that were dead, like, faces weren't really shown. Oh, uh, no, definitely. Yeah. They're like, it, oh, they faces were definitely were all dummies, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that was definitely, like, a conscious choice. Uh, but as Brenner makes his way, all- his way all the way to the rainbow room, he opens the door to see... Eleven. Little tiny baby. Little tiny CGI eleven. A little tiny CGI eleven turning around, huffing and puffing. Her eyes her eyes like are dripping with blood. Her nose is dripping with blood. She has blood all over, like coming out her ears a little bit and all over her hands and body. Um, And she turns around and is huffing and puffing at 11 at Brenner. And Brenner goes, what have you done? What have you done? And that is where it cut for the eight minutes of uh, the (laughs) The first eight minutes of the show. So we haven't seen all of that prior to the premiere coming. Yeah, but this was really interesting to watch again, especially, like, because if you notice, there are some some details uh, just at the very end of the scene there. Like, you see CGI, young CGI 11, but, like, Which that... Is horrifying. It's horrifying. She's so young. It's scary. Yeah, but that reveal, like, that it abstracts from the background where there's a broken mirror and then a very obvious, like, very large crack in the wall. Uh, but then... Huge crack in the wall. Huge crack. And then the iconic intro plays i did let it play a couple of times watching the season i just have to uh to see to see the new uh this is the new the new run of uh actor names it's just so i love this it's it's iconic it's yeah the intro is fantastic i i must i must agree i did not i definitely skipped it the every time watching it the first time but then when we i rewatched for the podcast i let it play uh like you have to get the experience Exactly. And after the intro, we're getting the where are they now experience. We're getting a little mm-hmm. recap. We start with 11, still counting those still motherfucking counting days. days. Oh. So sad. As and she cute. was in season two, counting down the days. Uh, every day she didn't see Mike. Uh, mm-hmm. So she's doing that again. Uh, Joyce is flexing her saleswoman abilities. But this time she's like writing letters to him rather oh, yeah. than. Uh, communicating blindly to the nether hopefully hopefully hoping he exists Joyce with her new little work from home job. Love women in STEM. Doing Women in STEM. I mean, yeah, in the 80s, I guess so. Yeah. Like, with a computer, yeah. Um, then no, we she cut. was selling, I'm pretty sure she was selling. Uh, She's selling computers. Encyclop- I thought she was selling, no, she was in sell- selling encyclopedias. Oh, that might be accurate. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't yeah, know, yeah. man. That, that's, uh, we, that, we, that sounds accurate. Jesus <laughs> Christ. And, I'm on some Jonathan shit, bro. I'm so, I swear. I'm on some Jonathan shit. That's <laughs> what I get for. That's what I get for uh, Palm Be- Beach Sunrising before the the podcast. Purple Palm Beach Sunrise. Uh, whatever they call it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Anyway, spoilers. We get to Jonathan in his room, just like smoking, 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 keeping and trying up. to keeping it up, <laughs> trying to not like. He, they said 420 rights. <laughs> <laughs> and Will said gay fucking rights because Eleven uh, points out that he's painting for someone and acting weird. Sounds acting gay to weird. me. She was like, maybe it's a it's for a girl. It's a girl. I don't know, but hmm, interesting. Um, yeah, and we introduced the new new character, Jonathan's uh, best friend uh, Argyle is his name. Yeah. Uh, 
iconic character. Love him so much. Uh, I feel like the Duffer Brothers have like a really like basic grasp of like stoners. marijuana and yeah. like stoners. Yeah, like the the weed like weed gives the Duffer Brothers anxiety for sure. Yeah, they don't smoke. And they don't. They definitely no. They wrote Stranger Things. They don't smoke. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> like. This is a masterpiece. I could mm. not. They did acid and then wrote Stranger Things. That's what I was. That's what that I'm thinking. That sounds horrifying too. Like it's a whole, a whole. Like it was like a bad trip that they shared as twins. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that the juxtaposition, juxtaposition of seeing CGI murder Eleven and then Eleven adjusting to real life is just—it's hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the definitely. tonal shift. Well, especially, like, the difference between Eleven and past seasons adjusting to real life, uh, like, with her family and father when she was, like, isolated and literally just, like, learning to speak, like, basic things that she needs to learn, honestly, Mm -hmm. because she has, like, the mental ability of a child. Um, But that's another thing. Uh, But it was just, like, nice to see her, like, in school. But she's being, like clearly bullied and also clearly lying almost to mike to mike yeah yeah just in her letters that things yeah. aren't going so well she misses him <laughs> i think she's trying to not only convince mike that everything is okay but herself that everything is okay. oh that everything yeah yeah definitely yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of mike I do love the reintroduction of uh, Michael's house because uh, it's barely changed. Like I, the 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 My- Michael's the Michael Mike Mike's family from season one to season four is the ex- the Wheelers. That's the exact progression of those parents that I would have thought from season one. They're like, looking it's good though. The Wheelers they are, are fine. The, uh, oh, the Wheelers' mom. Oh, my, oh Mrs. Yeah. Wheeler. Yeah, Mrs. Wheeler. Uh, Karen is mommy, sorry. fantastic. <laughs> sorry, mommy. Exactly. Mommy, sorry. Uh, it's literally fantastic. Uh, and he comes out in this Hellfire Club shirt, which is the name of the episode. Uh, Mike, Mike, Mike. Uh, then we cut to none other than the iconic power mother fucking couple, Dustin and Susie, baby. Dusty Bun! Dusty Bun. <laughs> they are committing crimes together. They are They're committing hacking. crimes together. They're hacking. They say, They're... I'm in. <laughs> They were the first. Um, So I don't exactly know entirely what's happening here, but I believe Dustin has his girlfriend Susie hack into his school and change his Spanish grade from a D to like an A or B or something like that. And that is To an A. They should have changed it to a B. Yeah, that's us. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Steve, our favorite. His character progression is immediately evident. Uh, you know, going from season one and to this season, he is like gone from that that bad boy at school to like this guy that's like really trying to figure out relationships and like how life, to proceed in life with love and friendship. Yeah. And his friendship with his new lesbian pal Robin. Perfect opposite to him they are he is a one true ally i think they're very similar but uh, they are they do well, yeah. have some like opposites for sure like she's definitely like quirky and awkward and he's supposed to be cool but at the same time he is also quirky and awkward and like in the and same she exact is cool. and bad with girls and just like she is uh and she is cool too exactly uh <laughs> and on their way to their double job together yeah again how 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 are they landing like how are they landing these gigs well i guess we we saw it last last episode her at the uh 
her already working at the movie place the, yeah, the and movie then place. him the, the getting the job. Place. I think that was like how we ended season three. Yeah, ex- along with some crazy other shit, but we'll probably get into that later. Yeah, no, another time, another time. Uh, you know, the Stephen Robbins spinoff. Imagine boobies. ten minute episode. Boobies. 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 As 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 Steve says. I'm hoping <laughs> you, you guys watch the episode so you. Yeah, you have to have watched the episode. I'm just, I'm just gonna make a reference, and then you, if if you didn't do your homework, that's on you. <laughs> That's literally, literally I think spoiled. it's like number one or two on Netflix currently, and it's been out for like a, a second, so nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to Max. Not looking her best, I must say. Like she's she clearly looking moody. a little sad, a little little moody. Yeah. Well, her bro bro just died, so like even though she hated him, like I get it, you know? Trauma, you know? Trauma, yeah. I, I just want to say that Max with headphones on is giving that one girl in euphoria walking down the hallways right, and riding her bike in the street while listening to Haunted by Laura Less. That's the blonde girl, when she's oh, walking through the hallway, girl. and the song that's like screaming in hyperpop. That's iconic. Oh, probably Jules. Yeah, yeah it was Jules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I it's think. giving. That's iconic. Um, I don't I don't recall that scene, but I, I'm, I believe it. And I'm glad that that's what you <laughs> took away from it. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. But then we just see, like, some school shots of everybody living their life. We get Lucas on Lucas the basketball the athlete. team now. Yeah. Lucas the athlete, which makes sense. Like, if I was Lucas and I was sick of being bullied and I, like, he's looking good, too. He's buff. He's, like, clearly, like, athlete material. Um... I would I would want to do sports too or just something to make me a little more cooler than I was in middle school because we saw how much they were bullied before this in like I don't know any hoops then we're at this pep rally um at the school and the main basketball um like the main guy, the I don't know what you call him, the leader, the captain of the team. There we um, go. We don't yeah, play sports. We don't play sports. Exactly. The captain of the team is like, hey, guys, I know it's been rough, but we got to win this. We have to win this for Billy, for Heather, all the people that we God. lost it, for for police officer Hopper that we lost in that fire because that's how they covered up all this crazy ass stranger thing shit and then it cuts to like everybody who's been in it all the kids just being like sad and pissed off about it so like imagine how traumatized these kids are that's what I want to know <laughs> that's what this whole first episode is it's just it's like going through the trauma. trauma yeah I mean I like how this show lets the townsfolk really react and process all the weird shit that happens in town like of course the douche blonde white jock would use the death of people in his town as like his motivational game speech <laughs> exactly exactly and they also like recognize like how insensitive that was as well and yeah um after that, we cut to something that's a little more like interesting. Back at home at the at the buyer's home, Joyce gets a package from I don't Russia. know what. It's Russia. There's it's like mostly, twenty different stamps on it. Literally Russia. Um, fatty ass package, and it's like what the fuck. You get that classic, like, Stranger Things synth, like, ooh, the mystery is starting. And knowing that, knowing all the promo that happened, 
Hopper is alive. Oh, Hopper's and definitely supposedly alive. in Russia because that makes sense. I my theory at this point was that he was literally like energy blasted into Russia. That's like we'll we'll get into <laughs> through when, the when we get through the Hopper Russia. scenes. Uh, but we'll 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 get into that in a sec. Yeah, yeah. I I just remember that's like the first thing that we found out about season four was that Hopper was alive. They like yeah. reassured us. They're like, "Don't worry, y'all. He's alive. D- just he's gonna play a big part in the next season." Like, so come back. Make sure like don't forget about us. Like Hopper's live. We didn't call off your faith. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, which thank God, uh, and at, and then we have this this little uh you know, little, little bit of exposition here with uh, Murray and uh, Joyce, uh, and then we are back in uh at, at another school with L, um, and then we we open up at the, at this classroom and this girl Angela, he chose uh Helen Keller as her hero, a disabled woman, and I just want to say how fucking hilarious that is. That I she... love how that they're like making the like the clear people who are supposed to be shitty like bad people. And oh so, yeah. So, 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 specifically insensitive people i think that's hilarious yeah the real 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 enemies of this season are the bullies for sure yeah angela and whatever the fuck that guy's name is exactly Mm -hmm. uh so after this bitch angela is done with her fucking presentation (laughs) uh eleven goes up to speak about her hero which is her dad and the the way that all the kids are fucking asshole, assholes to this girl talking about her dead dad. It feels really unrealistic almost. It, I mean, like, for the 80s? For the 80s? I guess. Kids, kids I were feel fucking like, bitches in the 80s. I feel like, were they that mean, though? Like, Probably. I mean, I understand. But, like, clearly they realize Eleven has, like, issues. Like, if I... Oh, yeah. Kids with I, issues were being bullied in the 80s. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I guess so. But I'm um, not everybody, though. I just feel like somebody would say something and i feel like realistically isn't it was not that bad but she's clearly like just so silly in the way she talks because she has like such a base level grasp on english because you know she's 11 we've watched we've all watched stranger things here um that's what that's what the stranger things merch for this we've all watched stranger things here Um, but they all are just like laughing at her showing off like the little her showing off the little cabin like literally the visual model that she made of the cabin that she lived in with her dad before he died because she thinks he's dead um and everybody's laughing she's She's like like, you're supposed to choose an actual like real hero and she's like my dad was in my dad was a hero he saved a lot of people in a fire he died and they're like um <laughs> like yeah. what the fuck <laughs> and it just it it like maybe it doesn't feel realistic but it feels real like these bitches I, I feel guess so, malicious yeah. Yeah. you're right you're right you're like right. i for real want to hit angela in the face with a blunt object like <laughs> exactly she was she really was like i just don't think she's getting like understanding like the grasping yeah. the concepts <laughs> of it and it's and like i just wanted to make sh- i just wanted the real real to get science to be clear miss teacher <laughs> and she's like yeah but she chose her dad and um, oh and the the pain in Eleven's eyes watching her and watching her like almost cry for help to Will with her eyes give and Millie watching Bob him a, give Millie Bobby Brown a whole ass enemy for that watching him like feel pain for her and also in this scene have a girl like flirt with Will and then him like clearly not like it like hmm. 
He's gay. gay. She's sad. He's gay. (laughs) That's why they're siblings and besties. Yes. And then we see him trying to comfort her after class. Uh, He's like, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. And she's like, friends don't lie. Um, And I think we've heard that her say that every say some. Here's, we've heard that every season so far, considering it yeah. was one of the first things that she was taught outside of the lab. I can see why it's stuck. Exactly. Yeah. Literally her motto. Uh, we also, the next scene we cut also in school, uh, but not at, uh, not at Lenora Hills or Heights or Lenora Hills, I think is where it is in California, where Will and Eleven are, um, now known as Jane, because that's her name. Oh, yeah. Not mm-hmm. Eleven. Uh, and, uh... Max is walking through the hallway listening to Kate fucking Bush running up that hill, make a deal with God. It's a fucking banger. This, um, Stranger Things really put Kate Bush on the map. Literally. <laughs> no, but like she's like number one right now though. So she really is. Good good for her. Like she deserves that. Uh this is how legends stay legends. I'm sure that they paid her for that too. Oh, so yeah, they had to. Now she's getting that bank bank. Okay, mm-hmm. Kate, I see you. Mm-hmm. Um and Max sees Lucas in the hallway. They give a a a, a weird interesting little glance. look. Yeah, yeah. It's clear that like their relationship is not great at the moment. No, which is uh, which sad. like is 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 sad and confusing. Um, it, but like Max is really going through it. But it's just like it, she's n- not really fooling anyone. I'm pretty sure she this this is the sh- scene where she goes into uh into the counselor's office. Uh, yes, correct. Yes, uh yeah, but she's not fooling anyone. It's for real, like the trauma, and she's also really relatable for taking out people. Yeah, she's asking vitamin. her about it. <laughs> Literally, oh, she's got headaches. Um. And she's just telling her, like, what you're going through is, like, normal because, you know, you had somebody who died. And then it flashes to, like, her seeing Billy. And it's just so sad. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you see her see Lucas again. And they, like, have just, like, a weird, like, interaction, like, fight where it's just, like, he's like, I know something's wrong. What's wrong? She's like, because I dumped you? Because I dumped your ass? Because I dumped your ass. No, because I'm worried about you. And you can tell that she's, like, going through it. Yeah, you could tell she's going through it. And you can tell he like really is trying to care and like ch- trying to do it, just like he's not succeeding. Yeah, he's, he's trying to be a good friend. He cares, yeah. yeah, and it's clear that she's like in the I think like three or four points that we three or four times we've seen her at this point. Like she's uh, like she doesn't been, have any friends. She's been no. alone this whole time. Exactly. Yeah. She was she was with Mike and Dustin. Uh, at the pep rally, but she wasn't really like interacting with them. Oh, no, uh, exactly. Yeah. But she goes to the bathroom. We catch a glimpse of the girl that she saw coming out of the counselor's office. Um, and you know she's thrown up in the bathroom. Ah, Heather and Heather, Ugh, Heather. Uh, just kidding. It's Chrissy. Uh, this time being haunted by her fat phobic ass mom. Yeah. Um, and it's not just like haunted, haunted. Like this is like concerningly like stranger things haunted like we don't know what happens but like she sees something like scary and then all of a sudden everything's okay and a new D club has formed yes us yes we have uh the hellfire club uh spearheaded by eddie the banish more like eddie uh with the not like other girls syndrome that was my first impression of eddie uh was he this literally just like has that, yeah. I hated rocker him at first, dude. but then like he grew on me uh, yeah but we'll he get just, into it he screams all talk and no game literally uh, he, yeah he's got cool hair though well they're in the D club none of these kids are supposed to be like like 
cool, you know? Like, they make yeah. them... Everybody's a little too cute, I have to say. But <laughs> that's just, like, a flaw. That's just, like, a flaw of Stranger Things. But at the same time, everybody looks the same, so... You know, it's fucking Indiana. I, I'm loving, like, his new character, even though it was a little cringe at first. Like, I love them playing, like, D&D at school. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. It, he sends the boys off to go search for uh, a new uh, person for their D&D campaign because Lucas can't do it. Oh, true. Correct. Yeah, because, like, it all happened. It's all, like, gonna... That was, like, one of the first conflicts of, like, the this episode. It was that, like... Their championship and their big, their end of Eddie's campaign is all happening at the same night. Yeah, High School Musical Syndrome, for for real. Litter Syndrome. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Yep. Uh, But then we cut to uh, our buddy cop storyline. We, again, we have uh, Joyce contacting Murray and uh, they're on the phone and it's like. It's is it is it Murray 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 uh, Murray Murray. Yeah. <laughs> so Murray's like about to take a bath, and this whole scene right here is like it's the objectification of Murray. Like this is a full sexy bath strip scene, but with Murray while they figure out something's wrong with this doll from Russia. They understand that like people are very attracted to like Hopper and Murray, and they really have like taken advantage of that. I in, love like, the, that specifically the last like two seasons because like the first it wasn't that one as it wasn't as much uh and same as the second yeah, yeah they haven't really objectified many of the women except maybe nancy a couple of times but i mrs. love wheeler. how they're objecting them and mrs wheeler that's true but i love how they're objectifying the men exactly yeah <laughs> because it's okay yeah it's, it's fine. Yeah. everything's fine everything's and fine everybody i think everybody appreciates it I definitely, I'm, I'm appreciating it. Um, and you know, everything's fine also with, uh, the relationship between Nancy and Jonathan. So they say, um, I don't know, but a long distance relationship in the eighties. I don't know how that. No, it makes sense when you're 11 and will, because they're both nerds and like 14, but Jonathan and Nancy, like, I'm pretty sure they're both out of high school. That doesn't make any sense. Like set yourself up for success, bro. Mm hmm. Uh, but, you know, they're just trying to convince everyone around them that they're dating still and it's fine. Um, and then here we are. Uh, we're introduced a bit more to Eduardo and also Fred, uh, Nancy's little uh, uh, newspaper friend. Uh, but we're, while, we're, 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 while we're learning about Eduardo, he's like definitely archetype of like stoner dude. Oh, Argyle. Yeah, Argyle. I think Eduardo might be his real name. Oh, is it? Oh. Edward, oh yeah, I think when I looked up the actors, I might have looked up looked that Eduardo up. Eduardo Franco Eduardo. is his name. Oh, yeah. Argyle. Okay, yeah. Argyle, sorry, that's yeah. Uh, that's a that's a that's a fluke I knew, in my notes. I knew who you're talking about though, so yeah. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> my bad. No, you're good. Argyle. Uh, and then you know the really nerdy dude is giving off uh, Fred. He's giving off. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be killed off vibes. That's just just how I feel. He's. I I did not feel that at first. I don't know, um, but he's definitely giving bar vibes. Like he's definitely just like the That's nerdy why. bestie. That's what it is. <laughs> That's you, why. You know, just, <laughs> um, nerdy bestie's got to go. Sorry. Nerdy bestie's got to go. That's sad. It is uh, sad. It is sad. <laughs> Well, they say everything's fine. Everything is not fine with Dustin and Mike. Uh, they try to go find an alternate for their D&D game. Uh, and to no avail, really. They're just going around explaining D&D to everyone. And they're all like, satanic panic? Literally, because it was so real in the 80s. Which is a, such a big part of why, like, which is probably a huge part of why, like, they are. So they're supposed to be there are supposed to be such, like, huge nerds. And specifically why, like, Eddie was so, like, cringy at first. Uh, 
because like it's just like wasn't the vibe you know <laughs> it yeah. is just cool yeah cool like, not nerdy right now we're in like the nerdy phase so we're but like they're, right, they're serving cool. though at the same time so i'm loving they it. Like, are the the costume department is really winning in this in this season as we see uh, Dustin and Mike go off somewhere else to, like, try and find their new D&D partner, we see Chrissy walking into the woods alone. We get a shot of her, small in the frame, surrounded by a wall of trees as she exits the field into the woods. And this shot alone is just, like, just it spooky. feels big, empty, and spooky. It's giving something bad is going to happen to her, and it's not great. Until she meets uh, Eddie. Who, well, before, like, before she meets Eddie, she comes across a tree with the grandfather clock embedded into it and black widows begin to crawl out of it but then eddie like brings her out of that and she's like what the fuck was that yeah she like sees something like that super scary and then then, like he comes out behind her and he's like and she's like are you good clearly not scary uh but she is very terrified Yeah, yeah horrified about that so it's not looking good for chrissy at this point and which makes me sad um but She's there to buy some weed to chill out. Classic. Um, half an ounce for $20. He would sell the weed. What? I wonder what the inflation cost is for that. Half an ounce for 20 Well, it depends on, like, where, where like, how much, is, like, half an ounce where you live is going to be very different from how much half an ounce is right now. Uh, $20 in 1980 is worth seventy seventeen today. Yeah, that sounds about accurate. Oh, my God. Okay. If I was, yeah. like, getting it from, like, that guy though or like like off market black market i could get half an ounce for probably like 30 40 though so like that's he he's he's giving her a deal t yeah he's giving her a deal he's also like she doesn't need that much wheat though i mean she might she's looking like real stressed out and but she's not gonna smoke it look at her she's not gonna smoke all that weed she she's, might. Smoke, we she's gonna smoke like two bowls of her little, right. shitty little and she's gonna be so pipe. high she's gonna look at her yeah exactly she was literally <laughs> just throwing up exactly <laughs> This is why the Duffer Brothers don't smoke weed. Like, that's so annoying. Yeah, she, like, not, she would not need that much. Even yeah. if the, the weed back then was, like, all dry and bad, like, she, she would not need that much. Exactly. No. <laughs> Flaws in the system. Yeah. Or also finding out that Eddie is so dramatic for no reason. Like, no wonder he's a DM. Uh, but he's actually, like, exactly. really kind of sweet. Cause yeah, he's f- a nice, soft guy. Yeah. We figure out that he used to know Chrissy and he and him have hung out before when he was in his older band. Uh, and he's also in one now and we just like, we just see a softer side to him. And I, this is the moment where I start to like him. First impressions can be a bitch, you know? And you like like them together and it's clearly very sweet. And like, she thinks he was going to be scary. Um, and he thought she was going to be scary. And like, it was just really cute. And I liked how, I really liked how dramatic he was as well. And it's really inspiring me to become a better DM as we come through the end of our campaign. Oh yeah. Oh, iconic, iconic. Uh, but what is not iconic is seeing the look on her face like drop a little bit, and then she asks, "Do you have anything stronger?" Uh, and thus, which we is weird. Yeah, because she's really just fucking going. It's true. It. Weed's not gonna cut. Weed's not gonna help. It's only gonna make her more anxious. <laughs> But she doesn't know that yet. Um, <laughs> the next scene, uh, we're back in California. It's it's that scene. It's one of the scenes that was also uh, put out before the season came out. That scene. That scene. The, it's ugh. on our Twitter. It's on it's our Twitter. It's on our Instagram, at Bangers Podcast on Twitter, at Bangers Podcast on Instagram. We even covered this on Bangers, but we're going to go through it again. Eleven walks out, right? And, you know, they're in, like, the school, like, like 
courtyard and <laughs> in the school courtyard and you know her bullies Eleven's bullies like Angela and stuff they run into her and they smash her diorama and all in pieces everywhere and they're so fucking mean they're literally mean so mean for no reason and then mike not mike uh will (laughs) will comes out out and mike really had his tea he said in the last season you don't even like girls and that walk is giving gay (laughs) i'm glad you said it Someone had to say it. Someone Someone had to say it. it. He's serving. He's never beating the allegations. Never beating the the allegations. That is touched on later. Spoilers ahead. So I'm very excited to like hopefully get more of it soon. Um, And Eleven's on the goddamn ground. She's on the ground and she's real mad. She's peaced. Like at this point, you think her powers are about to come out. She gets up. She holds out her hand. She goes, she Angela. Screams, Angela. And goes, <laughs> with her hand as if she's going to do some 11 ounce powers in front of everybody, in front of the whole school. And nothing happens. Nothing. I, I don't know. Nothing happens. And then the girl, the really tall one, she's like, what the hell was that? That gets me every time because, <laughs> like, for real, what the hell was that? That felt real. What did that she felt she real. Yeah, that, yeah, that was definitely, because that is weird. Imagine, like, I can see somebody do that. It would, It normally was never a girl, but, like, I can definitely, what the hell was that? What the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just watched it. It's just so funny. I had you. The oh, second dude. embarrassment okay, the is styling so real. is actually so good though. They all look fantastic, and everybody. Oh god, everybody looks so different than her too. She's like in her little flannel, and you can tell she's just so misplaced. An outcast. An, she's outcast. an outcast. Yeah. Oh my god. But it was really so such a, like a secondhand embarrassment moment, and it was so funny, and I was so glad to finally see it like fifteen In minutes context. into the goddamn episode <laughs> because like we got that literally a random five second clip out of nowhere. Uh, I, I don't even know how it how it came out, but it released on Twitter. And it was real fun. Mm. Um, but well, anyways, after, that. after this, we cut to seeing Hop alive. You know. Uh, another confirmation that he is in Russia. We don't really get to see a lot, but we get to see he's fucking going through it. And then we get the game and the game. Uh, we are at another pep rally. We are at uh, we're at it. We're at the, the basketball game of the night. Uh, Tammy Thompson, the legend, comes to perform, and she's really like, "Do I sound like a muppet? Do I sound like a muppet?" And Tammy Thompson is the little Miss Gal that Robin had a crush on last season. Uh, and she low-key was not a great singer. But, like, I could understand why she was famous. She was just, like, just barely a bad enough singer. And I thought that was, like, a fantastic choice of, like, casting and stuff like that. Um, she sings the national anthem. Lucas looks around to not see his friends at his championship game, meaning that they did they were not able to reschedule the campaign. Uh, and it cuts to uh, well, as as Tammy Thompson is singing uh, the national anthem, exactly, exactly, it starts playing in the background like an instrumental version that's better. And then we see <laughs> we see Mike, we see Dustin in the center of that group. None you know what you, you know what you you know what you can't spell it's, America without 
Erica. Erica. Baby. She has the fucking the uh, American why. flag tied around her neck like That's a cape. Why. This is the best character introduction introduction of the premiere. Like f- fully <laughs> hands down. It is inspired. When it's I so saw good. when I saw this, I was like, yes, yes, exactly. Yes. Exactly. I was like, what a fantastic choice. And after her calling everybody a nerd, this whole goddamn series, Mm -hmm. it turns out that she is like a seasoned D&D character. And maybe she's lying, but like, see, I'm, I'm convinced. No, she knows her shit. She comes into there and then they're like, we, this is, they said no girls allowed. And she's like, listen, I, I'm an elf. I'm level 14, bitch. I have like a poison cloak and whatever. And yeah, she says, exactly. I, I'm going to fuck no shit up. No girls allowed. Yeah. And that's what she does. She does. Um, we are introduced to the concept of Lord Vecna. That's who the, the campaign is about. Um. And they're going through the ropes. The match and the game really mirror each other really well. Like, the highs and lows of each match leading up to the final rolls. Like, roll an 11, that's a miss. Roll toss a 20, that's a perfect recovery and a basket in the last two seconds of the game. Exactly. Uh, We we also are introduced to the fact that... I think think that it was mentioned at the pep rally, but the main captain of the team and Chrissy are an item. They're together. Oh yeah, Um, for sure. uh, And the D and D campaign is absolutely fantastic. This is my favorite one. Mike's DM skills aren't ain't shit garbage. Uh, Yeah. Trash compared to like, there's struggle lights in the chamber. Like something's hungry for blood. Like, that is La Bush League compared to what Eddie Munson has uh, prepared for his campaign. Uh, and I wish I had a quarter of what he has. Um, but it's fantastic. The cinema- cinematography of it all of the like the like you said, the contrast of the game is everything. We rise to the end. And we see both of the Sinclairs take the final shot and hit. That's, like, my favorite detail of this whole scene is that the Sinclairs win their games. Exactly. I think it's, like, a... I think I think that's amazing. I hope that they they do them justice throughout, throughout the rest of this season because, like, ugh, I love them so much. Fantastic. Uh, and I love Erica playing D&D. I want them both to join. I want them to, like, fight, and I think it would be really fun. <laughs> uh, Maybe we'll get a scene like that at the very end of the season, but who knows? Uh, we're a long way from that. We do see Lucas see uh, the Hellfire Club come out of their building, and he's just having this little moment of, like, oh, shit, my friends, like, didn't see me win this game. Uh, and then he goes off with his, his uh, basketball and not, friends. And not only did they not see me win this game, they're they having brought my fun sister. with my sister. Like, that's so annoying. And especially when your, like, sibling is, like, like uh, there was a point where she was, like, an annoying little sibling but now she's like cool enough for them to hang out with like that's gotta be so like uh, so irritating uh, <laughs> but we hear a recap of the basketball game on the radio and it's none other than Max listening to it at her house alone at night this is gonna go well this is gonna end well uh, as she travels through her house we hear a TV playing in the background as she picks up her mom's beer cans and stuff uh, the woman on the TV Clearly is talking great no her mom's going through it too yeah uh, the woman on the TV is talking to a character named Billy putting her deceased brother at the forefront of both of our minds like it's the, the, the whoever wrote I that I did not that even in, notice that oh I, I heard that immediately that. I heard Billy crazy. and I was like ooh 
I'm sure that, yeah, that's crazy. I'm sure that she noticed too. <laughs> um, then she goes out to feed her little dog and sees um, her neighbor, who happens to be the DM, Eddie, jo- Eddie Munson, and Chrissy, the cheerleader, uh, after finding out that, like, she's an item with this, you know, it's, I'm sure she's just getting her drugs, but, like, coming from max's view seeing like this weird rocker metal guy who's like the head of the D club with the cheerleader like the head cheerleader is just like well it's, it's really jarring. interesting yeah, yeah interesting you watch them walk into his trailer and it is like if not framed in the gr- gr- greatest light at all <laughs> no his trailer is a little messy uh but it's not like a creepy vibe with eddie it's just like the no, no, space not when is a bit in, like but just up. like just like the outside oh yeah, yeah, yeah like um max watching it not good not good vibes at all but when they get in when they get inside like we do see that like he's clearly a good person which is fantastic and it's taken him a little too long to find the drugs. Um, careful, Eddie. Chrissy might get possessed or something. Uh, because then suddenly we see what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly we see uh, her mom looking like a zombie. And then we're transported to a new house. Her dad sits on a chair with his eyes and mouth sewn shut. It is truly terrifying. We don't know what's really going on right now. No, absolutely out of nowhere. Like, she was just, like, going to look for him, and then all of a sudden she's in a whole-ass room and, like, going crazy again. Uh, And it cuts to Eddie. Who finally finds... Well, he finally finds the drugs, and he also, like, gives his guitar a kiss, but then he's looking at her. No, she goes into his room, I'm pretty sure. She goes into his room to find him. Well, she goes into his room to find him, but she's, like, not actually moving. Like, she is frozen in the place, and she's hallucinating. She's like she's having that like one of those nightmares. I thought she was like right in front of like his door, like his bedroom door, because like the hallucination happened as like she like walked into that room. So that's no, so it it started like even before she started walking, because as Eddie comes out into his living room, she's just standing there. She's in like a trance. Her eyes are like glazed over, and he's like, "Chrissy, wake up! I don't like this, Chrissy, wake up!" Very funny. He is a good. He's a great actor. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm so glad that he's this character because I thought seeing him, I thought he was going to be like the new Billy. Uh, yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. Exactly. But he's more well, like that's the what they wanted Steve. us to think. Yeah. Yeah. Very much that. Very yeah. much that. Uh, and then here we get our first back to instance. her little hallucination. Yeah, her hallucination. We get our first instance of Vecna, a tall zombie-like humanoid creature with prominent rotting skull face and vine-like bumps on his body. His left hand is larger and creepier than the other. Look at, I love that little description. He's horrifying. We did see a little bit of him in like the promo, and he was just so scary. But like knowing that. Like knowing that his name was Vecna before, and then knowing that their like the the scary guy of their D and D campaign is Vecna, it it all tying together was so so scary. Um, he literally comes up to her, takes her so so close, takes his big ass scary hand and claws her in the face in her in her mind. But what he happens says, in real it's life? It's time for your suffering to end. But in real life. He reaches out his hand over Chrissy's face in the dream world, uh, and her body floats up in real life. Each of her joints pull in the opposite direction. Her jaw breaks, and her eyes cave in with blood. 
and it is so scary to just like it's it's spooky. it's unsettling it's, yeah it, it makes jarred. me feel weird um and it's different it's scary in a different way than the past seasons have been scary oh yeah not in like the meaty it's not gory it's just like it's scary. like body horror it's like yeah. full-on body horror it's, um yeah, well and like the hallucin like like specifically just like the like her being possessed like that and like her seeing like the psychologically scary things and like the harming things is like what makes it so scary to me i think for sure for sure yeah but as we hear um, Eddie screams and the crin- crin- crunchy, crunchy crunch of Definitely Chrissy's bones, the episode crunchy ends. Crunch. That's and it. And that's the end of episode one. It's crazy. 52 minutes in. Uh, yeah. Here ish. we are. Yeah. Here we yeah, are. exactly. Damn. Um, and wow. Like, yeah. I have never, like, pressed the next episode so, so fast. Far. It's so Literally. fucking fast. <laughs> Literally, I agree. Um, And if you would like to listen to us talk about the second episode... um, Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Exactly. Do you have any any theories? Um, Currently, I I don't have any theories at at this point from the first episode. Um, I just have a lot of questions. Like, what happened at the beginning? Um, What is Vecna doing? Like, what is... What the fuck is Vecna... Also, like, I have this... Okay, at the beginning, when when this came out, I had a theory that, like, all of this is gonna end, and they're gonna just be, like, playing D&D the whole goddamn time. That would be so dumb. Because it would be so dumb and annoying, and I'd be pissed, but I just feel like it'd be like... And then I woke up. But that is, like, what gets you, like... When I was in English class, if you said that, like, you'd get in trouble. Like, eighth grade, specifically. That was, like when we were doing like the imaginative thing we were never allowed to write at the end like and then it was a dream then i woke up that's a good rule because like if it if this if we're at this point in season four episode one of season four and we have a whole nother season after this for season five to the end it all and we're going through this thing that's like it kind of rooted in reality because there are some like there's some science behind like you know the the parallel worlds thing you know obviously it's fantasy but like it, there's real like real world root in that real uh, and like the politicalness of it like and like the specifically satanic panic like the thing about like them being so scared of like the Russians last year and like the year before that even before like the Russians even arrived you know. Yeah, and so we're looking at all of this, this, like, this journey, and then at the end of it, it's just like, oh, it didn't matter, it's not real, but, like, we know it's not real already, like, we're already... It's never uh, been real. Yeah, (laughs) so I would hate that, Um, but, you know, we don't know where it's gonna go, We, but we do know we're gonna go into episode two, we're gonna give you a little break, uh, and then we will be right back to dissect episode two, Vecna's Curse. I just feel like I would stop playing D&D after the first time. After the Demogorgon, you know? Oh, oh, yeah. After the Demogorgon. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be like, that's too much trauma. Uh, Exactly. Anyway, we'll be our week. Welcome back, mouth breathers, to Stranger Thursdays. Here we are. No matter what day it is for you, it's Thursday now, baby. It's Thursday now. Mm -hmm. Um, Vecna's Curse, episode two, chapter two. Here we are. Chapter two. Yeah, so uh, chapter two opens up uh, back at Eddie's place. It's a crime scene. Uh, it's cool to see how the cops have changed since Hop's death. Um, you see <laughs> no more uh, Hopper. one of them taking the lead. Yeah, like there's no no more Hopper. Uh, <laughs> and it's almost like the cops are used to weird things like this happening now. Oh, definitely. It's, it, it, it's season four. It's season four. They're used to it. And like... E- 
even though they don't have like all the inside knowledge that Hop has had, they definitely have a lot of it, and they know that weird shit's happening. And I'm sure the gossip is insane between oh, yeah. the department stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I don't know, the main guys were pretty close to him in on it before they got like into the upside down stuff. It felt like you know. Yeah, the, the all the cops. Yeah, yeah. So but I think they know something fishy's going on, but they're just like, I, we, we just have to keep going on like it is, and the government keeps telling us like it's a fire or like whatever. Um, but Max is uh here. She's outside. She's catches a glimpse of Chrissy's body mm-hmm. before leaving. She, the yeah, area before she leaves. Yeah, she's forced away. away. Yeah. Uh, it's mangled. It's in a pile on the floor. Like it was tossed aside like trash. Um, and then the as the chief is calling, uh, well, it looks it's like a the, crime scene, so they can't touch it. They just have to like they want take to pictures get of it. Yeah, 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 and get it out specifically get it out of their home. Mm. And then we see the KGB is still listening because the chief is on the phone. And you see the people listen, like specifically in quotes, listening in that we have been seeing like since season one, season one exactly. Yeah. And I'm not entirely sure what the KGB is, but I think it's supposed to be just like Russian security, like security agency for the Soviet Union is what the Google is what Google says. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, exactly. I, I thought it stand, I thought it stood for some. Oh, it does, but it's something in uh, Russian. Oh. So I'm not going to even bother to say it. Um, that, that's what's yeah. It's a long name. Look long name <laughs> big long name yeah um but yeah speaking of big and long i bet the flight <laughs> from hawkins to california was a trip uh because I mean, mike drops lands yeah well it i don't know sometimes i'm a not long time sure on a plane where can hawkins be. is because it doesn't exist indiana but Indi- well, yeah but like it's in it, hawkins indiana near the border of uh the, the, of oh. michigan oh well now you know because l gets to chicago and like not that long of time Oh in shit! In season two, yeah. Anyway, Illinois. Yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so here's Mike in California, just landed, and you know gives uh Elle some flowers, being all cute. Because it's it says, spring break. He's yeah, visiting his break. besties, which they did allude to like in the beginning and in the letter before. We just didn't mention it because you know small potatoes compared to everything going on in that first episode. But Mike's finally to get together again. Yeah, he's he gets a warm welcome from L. Uh and then the you know, his reunion with Will is a little stiff, it's a little weird. Interest- yeah, it is weird. Like Will tries to be like nice to him and it is interesting like how like it's just Mike awkward. reacts. Yeah, it is very it is very awkward. And like the vibe between them throughout the episode continues to be that way, mm-hmm. which is funky. Um, Will's painting gets brought up again. It just sounds a little gay to me. I, don't I think know. he brings it. I'm pretty sure he, he does brought bring it. it. Yeah, he, he brought br- it. It's in his backpack when he is there to meet. Um, what's it? He, there to meet Mike. So mm-hmm. I wonder what it's gonna be. We don't know yet. We don't know. But they're walking away, and then uh, Elle's like, "We're gonna have breakfast burritos," and he's like, "Burritos for breakfast? I trust you. It's just a little weird." That's probably like a it's probably like a West Coast thing. It's yeah. weird that somebody thinks that's weird, but like yeah, I know because it's like such like a it's the norm. It's like a, a I am, was watching this reality show Married at First Sight, and this guy, like she, the wife called him a chicken finger kind of guy, said he had never had tacos, and literally he had his like first taco and like salsa on the thing, and they were from Boston, and it's just like I feel like that's some Midwest ass shit to not oh, like have okay. to specifically not have a lot of Mexican food. Uh, or like 
Yeah, and especially back in the 80s. But I think that, like, show... Because there's a lot of moments in this season where they talk about something, like, they've never seen it before, but it's, like, something that's, like, really normal to us. Exactly. And I th- I'm, like, wondering if, like, that's one of those moments. Oh, but for Sabrina's <laughs> weren't things like the 80s. Yeah. I think it's a coastal thing. I'm a coastal sure. thing? I, okay. I, I'm pretty, I feel like it would be. But maybe not. I just feel like burritos would be, like, a mm. coastal vibe. But maybe not. Maybe you're right. Well, we switch over to the video store again as we learn just how much of an eccentric overthinker Robin is. Like, uh, her and Steve are just, like, kind of discussing the, the, the news coverage that has already started with uh, the death of Chrissy. Well, we know about it, but nobody else does. And that is one of the biggest, scariest things in about, about this whole, this whole ass show is that, like, we know so much is going on, but, like, the characters don't even know that, like, Hopper's alive. Yeah, the characters don't know that, and the characters that that know that don't, doesn't even know about any of this shit that's happening. Exactly, uh, which is wild. And they don't know that. I don't even think at this point they know that Chrissy is dead. They they have said that a high schooler is dead, and it cuts to um, Lucas at a party with like all his athlete friends, and them seeing that like somebody from their school has died, and them just like reacting to it, and then like I believe Nancy also seeing it and reacting to it, mm. uh, and not getting great vibes vibes at all which is scary like when they showed nancy specifically like it was like she was a little more like haunted well when they showed nancy they also had brought up uh on the news uh they they mentioned barb like ever since that barb girl died things haven't been like the same around here and it's yeah and it causes nancy to relive the thought of her death as we the audience get to relive her actual death that we saw because like she's just like she's just thinking about losing her friend like she doesn't know the, the extent uh, of the like how severity. she died but like exactly. we do true true i didn't even think about that and even that has got to be even worse like as a bestie not knowing like what happened i like that would be horrible yeah think about that you're somebody close to you die but you don't know how it would probably drive you crazy yeah yeah so we see that we see them take we we've see them finally take the body like 15 minutes into the episode they take away chrissy's body um but i mean i guess somebody's somebody has to take it honestly i'm sure it was like the fbi people this the, the bad fbi people not the oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah not that there are good cops there's no good cops and, but in tea. stranger things there there's there's the, maybe like there's, a, there's, there's some like, passable ones i don't know <laughs> and no well specifically in stranger things they have like the like the Illuminati type police and they have like the normal police who throw you in jail thinking you're the murderer rather than they know something's wrong, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, we cut to uh, Max uh, going to Dustin's house uh, about the info she has about Eddie and Chrissy going into the trailer. Um, and you see Dustin just, like, a little surprised to see her because, like, yeah, they're, they're friends, but, you know, Max out, hasn't yeah, been exactly. hanging out with them exactly, recently. Yeah. And then, like, con- considering she's broken up with Lucas and Mike and Will are in California, this makes sense. Like, he's re- really the only one that she can go to. Even with that being said, it's still weird for them to be having this conversation. So whatever she does have to say is crucial. And what she says is that she saw, like, 
like she saw what happened happen she saw him going to the trailer but that's not the only thing that happened like my dog went crazy like the, the, lights, the lights started flashing the lights fl- flash it flash back to her the night happening and then it doing the stranger things lights and you guys know what that looks like it's not just a normal the power going arrow it's not just a normal like the wind taking out the power which she said happens sometimes it's something very different it's the flickering it's the noises it's the fear in eddie's eye as he's rushing out of his trailer to just like run away and drive crazily away exactly rather yeah than like some like he did something wrong yeah and she was like i don't know what it is but it's bad vibes and it could be back that type that type of thing i don't think they said that but well he's well she says do you think it could be back and dustin's like i don't know it should be impossible but at this point like they know the signs and also i feel like dustin's actor is probably the best actor in the series because i loved watching this scene that he's in and he gets a couple of moments like this uh he's a killer i love him so much yeah he's just a lot of weight of weight in, in his realizations well them like writing his his character for the series like for for him makes sense because like his character like it moves around the series sometimes like he's sometimes the one to like make realizations and like it, in the past that's how it's been and he's been somebody who's like he's like he solves something at the most crucial moment like being able to sing the song with Susie at the end of the last season like never ending story that type of thing um so that's what I, one of my favorite things I love about Justin's character and specifically that she knew she could go to him because he'd be somebody who would get it right away right like she she he believed her like immediately exactly, like she yeah. knew you know oh no doubt exactly they were like this is something bad and now cut to them being scared and yeah and then cut to uh us finding out how hopper survived but so we see the last moments of season three where hopper is looking over to joyce looking at the portal and like trying to decide what to That's do before it explodes at the very beginning of this episode before uh before the uh like like this is that's at the very beginning of this episode and then the um, oh yeah theme plays and then it goes into like mike uh coming in or wh- whatever the first scene is um uh max uh seeing the the end of chrissy dying and the police coming and stuff like that but it was just interesting that that was like the opening of the episode well and that when we see that he's like laying at, at the ground and like so from my understanding like in the last season because we see the shot of the thing blowing up and we see hopper is not in that shot um so i'm just like wondering like did he just land on the ground in time for it, everything not to explode around him or did he make it into the portal and was that portal just a portal yeah was it just going to russia because some people think it's a portal into the upside down because whenever the people would use it i think it's both i you think it's both i think it's it's like russia and it's like the upside down to russia or something like like that like i think i think it was created as like a weapon like a bomb like that would put you in russia and somehow like they got there or because he wasn't in that shot the the police took him away and like like not the police the russian police like took well him yeah away well the russian police do take him away once he like wakes up but i'm just like i'm confused because like is he in russia at that point or is he in the underground base that we saw explode so gotcha. I, that's like that like what that 
that is the only confusing thing to me. But we see that he's going fucking through it. Um, he's being tortured by the Russians, and the gas mask scene was actually terrifying. Like, yeah, why did they, they have really to see that? The hell out of him. It's because it's scary. Like, and probably in, in what they assume is like realistic and stuff like that. I mean, that I mean, it is real. Like, uh, like torture tactics. Yeah. It's just like I'm not in breath play like that. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> But immediately we cut to the uh, like Cali crew after we almost see you know Hopper like it put in this rubber gas mask and like being suffocated uh, with through a tube it was terrifying and then we you know shiny roller rink yeah and here we are everything yeah. is okay supposedly <laughs> we're skating um, we cu- we have Will and Eleven together being cute. She's like, I come here all the time. Exactly. Which is clearly, and Will's looking at her, like, clearly a lie. And that's, like, has been a lower undertone since Mike arrived. But this is the first time that, like, she's, like, said it out loud. Um, specifically, like, her flat out lying to him. Oh, yeah. Because Mike asked her, he's like, you come here a lot? And she's like, yeah. Will does not. Literally. <laughs> or he was like, do you? Or no, you don't. And she was like, well, you don't. Or something like that. It was not looking good. Like, they're very much siblings at this point, And it's hilarious. I know. I Yeah, I love I loved the bickering. I wish we... we see a little bit more of it in this episode but like some shit some shit happens at this roller rink um, exactly we'll get into that in a sec I, but I also want to say I thought I'd hate Elle's bangs but I love them oh, and I, yeah she's taking a lot of inspiration from Joyce it's definitely like these are definitely like her clothes for sure and I think that um the way she looks has a big part of like why she's so like nerdy and outcasted because like look at what she's wearing like she's wearing Joyce's clothes she looks ridiculous it's like uh I know but she looks these flannels and like frumpy dresses I mean she does look cute but in the era like you know that wasn't it Uh, not that you need fuck oh my god I just stubbed my toe on my desk (laughs) not that you need to like look cute all the time but I just know that has a big part you know clothes are have a big part of like how you experience school as a kid especially so. like in in the 80s especially and, and in now. the 80s yeah yeah. And, yeah now and especially in the 80s i also love how we get to see l teach mike something for once like in, in, when, when they're skating like you can tell she's really been waiting for this moment uh because she's just really excited to just be like yeah you just have to kick your feet <laughs> like after oh, she's being like taught. good at it after being taught everything her whole life it's probably nice to be able to teach other people things uh, even if it is just a little thing like eat how like we eat breakfast burritos here in california or uh like here's how to skate and stuff like that also it was so foul that he came out here in like he him coming to california in his california fit with his nasty ass flip-flops like i don't okay but he's kind of fitting though but like no, i think it, it, it is think iconic, the fit is fitting like he looks like i feel like i could see somebody wearing that today definitely like that's definitely oh today for sure a lot of this is something people wear today but that's because people wear anything um yeah and we're in uh, an 80s boom <laughs> we are definitely we're just vintage boom in general yeah. but uh that's definitely like a kid vacationing from Indiana to California. That's what he's going to wear. Uh, like a 15 year old, yeah, freshman in high school. I love that. Yeah. I also love uh, Will in the background and his gay jealousy. He's like seeing all, like them being cute and he's like, I'm gay and I'm upset. upset. <laughs> 
exactly it's very much that and it's so sad and so funny and he even like fights with Eleven about it when like Mike walks away to get socks for his said football feet uh, <laughs> um, like he's like why are you lying to him he's not gonna be okay about he's not gonna be happy and it's just so sweet to be it's good to see him be a good friend behind Will's behind Mike's back even though they're in a shitty they're going through something right now yeah oh yeah I didn't really I get I didn't really notice that I guess well they're not going through something but like the relationship is clearly not great and it's oh yeah things are weird yeah things are they haven't even like we haven't seen them speak on screen yet next we cut back to Hawkins uh and then we see uh this new good cop bad cop dynamic with the new cop duo uh Calvin the new chief he's a perfect choice like I feel like he brings in Hop's sternness with less of with without Hop's rogueness chaos yeah exactly chaos the sarcasm like this is somebody that you like think is a police officer yeah yeah brings, yeah uh, and they're interviewing Jason, uh, the the boyfriend of Chrissy, because um, he's the boyfriend. Jason, he's that's number his one. name. Okay, that's the the basketball captain, the main guy of the team, and clearly popular guy at school. Um, and he doesn't even realize that they're talking like they're they're uh, like he doesn't realize the investigation is about Chrissy until he does. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he like after finding out. Well, you would too. Uh, yeah. The lack I, of information, like you'd know right away today. Yeah, it's wild. You see him go run into the woods after you know they're interrogating him, uh, give him information about Eddie, uh, and then Chrissy being dead, and he just has a full on meltdown. Yeah. I mean, which like makes sense. Like he clearly is somebody to villainize somebody quickly, and like the, Eddie the freak. What did he do to her? That type of thing, and like was so quick to like make these judgments and so quick to be terrified and run away, which like makes sense. You're, you're in a, what seems like a serious relationship and strong relationship, a 17 year old years old. Yeah. She's a minor. So the police can't give out any information at all. Like too much. I would freak out too, but not villainously like that. Maybe. I don't I don't know actually. It was a realistic it was a realistic reaction now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I mean like going into the woods to just scream and that is realistic. Yeah, he, oh yeah, he just like cried after that. Yeah, you're yeah. right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, it was yeah. it was very sad. Okay, yeah. Well, while Max and Dustin uh go and try and catch Steven Robin up, uh Nancy and Disposable Nerd, aka Fred, uh go do some sleuthing. Disposable nerd <laughs> They, they said, let's go sleuth. Let's skip class. <laughs> um, but in like, that's definitely something Nancy and her friend want to do. Like she, she's picking her friends, right? Lucky. Oh yeah. The ones that just, they're just like, okay, I'll come along. <laughs> or it's not even just like, I'll come along. Like, I feel like Barb would have not wanted to come. She would have been like, no, let's stay in class. So she's picking a good kind of friend that like wants to have the fun with her. But at the same time, they're doing work. Like they're, they're getting, they're getting leads, you know? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And I love, I love that for them. I I can't believe they pull up like to the crime scene with Nancy's like follow my lead attitude. Straight like it's gonna up. be like so oh, it's gonna get him stupid. past it. Yeah, <laughs> like they have no, they have nothing. Uh, They're so dumb. They they it works, but not before we get a really unsettling moment with the cop and Fred. Um, he's like he Fred. leans into the car. The the camera tilts a bit. You see the scar on Eddie's face to get progressively bigger. On and Fred's it, face, the, yeah, on Fred's face, yeah. 
Yeah, on Fred's face. Uh, the cop talks about a car crash and you're well, a murderer. And he like, he like gets like his voice like booms a little bit yeah. and it gets a little bit like different. He's like starts to like talk almost the same way that we heard Chrissy's mom talk to her. Um, through the door in the bathroom multiple times when she or the, the that time and then the time right before she died. Yeah, so you know Fred is in trouble. Um, but they get in. It's a little unsettling, and then we get to see. Oh, it's extremely unsettling. Like looking at it, I'm looking at it like the scar gets bigger throughout. He, throughout while he's yelling at him, he literally like like the upside down tentacles start crawling on yeah. the cops the cops face and he turns like this like grayish like darker color and like the everything behind him turns a little like gray blue dark and he's like murderer 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 and it like booms and just like the scary like he's clearly like going crazy um sound and then all of a sudden it smacks back to normal they get in there fine uh, but he's shook, just like Chrissy was when she saw the grandfather clock, just like she was when she was in the bathroom. And, yeah. You in danger, girl. Uh, <laughs> next scene, uh, we go back to that stoner buddy comedy uh, that the LA that the California crew has going on. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan and Argyle here again. Hitting golf balls into the into this like car dump. And we find out that Jonathan has been accepted to a college that isn't their planned college. So he's gonna like probably not go to the same college as Nancy. Which was like the plan from the beginning of episode one, which I believe Elle stated in her letter to Mike. Yeah, and that's why things have been so weird. That's why he didn't go to Hawkins to visit for spring break. That's why Nancy didn't come to California. Uh but I feel like his fears mirror Nancy's like preachings in season one, like where she's talking about how she doesn't want to end up like their parents. And he's saying the same thing. Oh, exactly. That's all. And she doesn't want him to, she even, he even says it that like, she doesn't want to tell her, he doesn't want to tell her because she'll be like, she will like come out there and she'll like hang out with him. She'll like come to be with him. She probably wouldn't though, because she does want, she doesn't want to be like her parents and she knows that her parents are stuck and she knows that Mrs. Wheeler is unhappy as fuck and like, mm-hmm. uh, that type of thing. But he thinks that it would be the opposite way and they would get stuck into like a shitty relationship or specifically that like, Nancy would sacrifice her success. But it is fun to see, like, Argyle and Jonathan, like, have this, like, back and forth of, like, their friendship and, like, Argyle being such a good friend. And Jonathan, like, freaking out, like, seeing more of him, like, like the panickiness that he gets from Joyce. Uh, oh, yeah. And, like, we, we saw a lot of that in, like, season one and two when he was, like, like a him and Nancy were. Yeah, exactly. When they were hunting and, like, Nancy was the one to do the, like, she would protect him, you know? I, I, yeah, I guess I didn't notice the parallels with Jonathan and Joyce, Joyce yeah. being like so crazy and ma- kind of manic like that. And he's yeah, just like chaotic, straight up, yeah. yeah, like you see her smoking a cigarette and he just going straight to the the uh, purple palm tree delight Literally. in the car. He's like, what do I even do? What do I even do? Purple palm tree and delight. Purple that's palm what tree you delight. Do? That's what you do. And then Jonathan just runs to runs to the van and his friends are like, it's in the it's in the back. It's in the it's in the back of the van. It's in the backpack in the second in the in the second compartment and oh and then 
Ugh, I know we we all know the feeling. We all know the feeling. And yeah, it, and when we cut back to the the roller rink, uh, with it's just the, hilarious to watch him go like run to smoke. Yeah, <laughs> like, I've fucking been there. Uh, <laughs> when we go back to the group of teens who I can't fucking stand bullying uh, Eleven and Michael, uh, and. They they pull L out to the center of a roller rink and will see someone with a video camera and he finally tells Mike what she's been up to. But it's too late. It's too late. Like she's been lying to you. Like they're clearly they're being like they're bullying her. Will knows that because he see he's he he he's saw the video it. camera and he's seen them bullying and he's seen her lie to him, but it is all too late. They are playing this fun little game called Wipeout where they all run around her in skate around her in the middle of the um in the middle of the rink and they play a song and Mike runs up to the DJ and is like, Stop the music, stop the music, stop the music. Um but before that not before that, they announced that the song is dedicated to Jane, the local snitch, which literally is so ridiculous because she didn't She didn't even anything. snitch. She didn't say anything. She just like but I guess that was a problem though. She didn't say well, I guess so, but like she was like harmed and scared. Like, I don't know, like she was bullied. It's not her job to say that Angela didn't bully her. Yeah. Yeah. But when her thing got, when her diorama got broken, uh, like the teacher took Angela away and like made her be in trouble. It was her fault. Yeah. So she's not a snitch. She didn't do anything wrong. I don't think. Exactly. Uh, but also we also see on the camera footage uh, that it's March twenty second. Do you know the significance of March twenty second in the world of Stranger Things? I know the significance of March twenty second, and that is Will's birthday. It's where's Will's birthday? Um. However, I don't think that the Duffer Brothers knew that because in a like in. In an interview, they said that they like forgot about it. Like in a previous, um, in a previous season, they showed uh, like I think it was another camera rolling on on Will's birthday on March twenty second. So I don't know how. Honestly, I think they have just the same filter and they used it again. Um, <laughs> well, so, so then, saying. so okay, so I believe that this has to take place on March twenty second because dates in date when date when things happen that's super important in Stranger Things. Yeah. So does that I make definitely. does that make Will's birthday not March twenty second? I think it means something else is important from that day, or maybe it's March twenty second to show that it's spring break. Like so I think it's something well, it like is, that but simple as that. But low key, they might have straight up just had the same filter and straight and changed the year and forgot about it. I, I don't think that they just had the like like the the video camera footage is not like an actual video camera. It's literally like a close up of what it could be a video camera. And it says March no, twenty two eighty six. Yeah, but it's it's the person that has the camera on on the thing. Yeah, but they're not actually like they're not actually showing it on the camera. It's literally just like the screen on. Like it, it was cut, it was edited. Obviously, all it all is. But but, uh, <laughs> but you know, like when you play that back, it shows the date that you recorded it on. So they recorded it on March twenty second. Yeah, I I think, and I think it's just coincidence that it's on that it's the same day. I think that like maybe one of the Duffer Brothers or somebody in the writers' room has something significant in their life on March twenty second, and they had like the date. They said the date twice because in an interview they said that they forgot about it being will's birthday and that would be really sad they go to like that all of this happens on will's birthday and they forgot and i think that was at first i thought that was supposed to be canon but in in, in an interview they said that they forgot about his birthday 
Okay. So, I just need to know the, which one needs to be retconned. I just need to know which one needs to be retconned. Either the entirety of the events, the dates of the events of this season, or Will's birthday when they explicitly stated it in season two. But I anyway. I feel like it's just because of the, maybe that was all a lie. I have no idea. We never even know. I guess we'll I, find need, out I just need to know which one's going to be retconned. But anyway, as Mike tries to stop the DJ music, uh, Eleven gets slushied, um, and that's when Mr. Glee White uh, yeah, out. He, he says, "Stop the music! Stop the music!" And the DJ is like, "I don't think you want me to do that." And he says, and he, and then he finally does it, and they all throw a little milkshake on her face, Glee style. Glee style. And like, can you imagine trying to get away from that embarrassing situation on skates? so sad like, like trying to get away on skates I, I can't know. believe like this that many people would agree to it like there was like at least like eight people in on the bullying and i just feel like it's a lot uh, yeah i don't know you know a lot of people to plan to do it you know when you think about high schoolers from the 80s they were born in the 70s i guess so that think but, about like, that morality gener- is think about not- that generation now think about that generation and then think about what you think of like the archetype of that person now that's true. You're very Makes right. Sense. Makes sense. You're right. You're right. You're right. They've, they've never been great, you know. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the internet to educate, you know. <laughs> anyway, we see <laughs> next we see a Joyce in Murray try to contact Enzo, who is stated in the ransom note that they got uh, from inside the little Russian doll. Uh, they try to figure out if Hopper is still alive. And they uh, believe he's alive call. because the only person who knew about um Joyce Enzo's. and Hopper's date at Enzo's uh which was said la- mentioned last season was where Joyce and Hopper so that is where this code name comes into play they make this call to what feels and looks like a uh ransom note from somebody who they feel like has Hopper question mark maybe this is from Hopper but like it it was just so interesting the way that like they sent it and it was just so unclear at the moment um, until we see him uh, what feels like current day Hopper or up to date Hopper, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Uh, the other person on the line, um, neither friend nor KGB uh, and they, and they don't know for sure if Hopper is alive, but like we do, uh, he's like currently imprisoned. Uh, we get, we also see this scene where we see the government land right in Hawkins, uh, flashes of Chrissy's mangled body body appear on the screen as we start to see, uh, the start of two different manhunts, the jocks and hellfire and the search for Eddie. Yeah, so at this point, police believe that, like, Eddie's number is suspect number one. It makes sense. He was there to deal her drugs. He is, like, freak at school. Um, And especially if people knew that or if, like, the drugs were around. Specifically, I'm pretty sure he's, like, giving her – he was getting her ketamine. They said special K. Special K. Exactly. So, like, something like that, it's not going to look – good for him especially like dude who like high school dude who doesn't have parents and lives in a trailer with his uncle not looking i mean like it's sad when we think about it but then not looking good for him so he's prime suspect um and jocks are like let's go get him and lucas is like hold on wait what hellfire is not a cult yeah Um... like it's literally D D club but they don't know he's in that 
So he like lies and says like my sister is and like gets himself in this awkward situation between like his friends and like the his team. And then back at the video store, we see uh, the crew of Max, Dustin, uh, Steve, and Robin. Well, calling specifically, around. Max and Dustin crashing uh, Steve and Robin at work and literally taking over their their workspace and their the computers workspace. and the phones. Yeah. Uh, and, and they uh, find out that Reefer Rick... Uh, <laughs> Reefer Rick is the drug dealer that Max finds out about. Such a random character name to have in this show, but very, very relevant. <laughs> and Steve gets the bright idea to call in the cops. And Dustin's like, really, Steve? That's your suggestion? <laughs> like, it would be Steve's suggestion, not have everybody. Like, it would make sense. Uh, <laughs> and then they start grilling into him. Um, and it, he's like, yeah, well, I don't want to do all this work. He's, and he says, and I quote, well, somebody has to attend to the customers. And Robin <laughs> says, especially if they're babes, right? And she winks. And the door jingle happens as soon as the wink. And, and like, the, just some guy walks in. Yeah, some guy walks in. And Steve does not pay any attention to him at all. And he's like, I attention to all the customers equally, both babes and non-babes alike. And that is my favorite portion. That, that little 15 seconds is one of my favorite portions in this entire series. I, it's perfectly crafted for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just with the uh, person walking in and him ignoring it. The person walking it, in, yeah. him ignoring it, and the, them like barely acknowledging it, like not saying anything about it, and the wink and the doorbell happening. It was just so good. It was so good. And Robin gets the it's genius she idea. Knew. She knew. <laughs> and she also knew not to call the cops uh, and to use their own database to find out who Rick actually is. Uh, because everybody goes to the movie store. It's Hawkins. There's only yeah. one. There's only one, uh, and they definitely and they find out it's definitely the one who rents all the Cheech and Chong movies. Exactly. The rest were like Annie, like children's movies, like mm. gay movies, like gay romance movies, yeah. movies like <laughs> like other thing. And then it was like action movies, and I was like, oh, it could be this one. And then they get on the Cheech and Chong. We're like, okay, there we go. And so they find him, find his address, and they're gonna go look for him. Um, and all these people, I'm supposedly, I'm pretty sure, like they mentioned on it a little bit, the fact that something bad is back and they might not be safe. Uh, yeah. 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 They, Which they, is they, the they reason of them all in. being together in the first place. You know, when they show up, it's like, well, you know, when this group is together, nothing is, nothing good is coming. Exactly. Uh, they don't know that, but we do. <laughs> And then Nancy's still uh, looking around that little neighborhood uh, with her nerd friend, uh, trying to find clues. And somehow the cute little neighborhood dog gets her to notice this mysterious man smoking by a cigarette. I mean, smoking a cigarette by himself. It's Eddie's uncle. Um, and she has a conversation about him after, like, convincing him that, like, he, you know, she's a good reporter. She's going to believe him. Like, she will believe you. Um, she finds that he is horrified because he's only heard about something like this one other time in his life. He mentions Victor Creel, a man who supposedly supposedly killed his own family, similar to the way Chrissy was found. Um, and that alone is like horrifying. I can only imagine being that person. Um, but she tells him that like she believes him and she wants to know more. And he just goes on to tell this story about um, like 
about Victor Creel and the situation and like that. All while, uh, Dispo- what'd you call him? Disposable nerd Fred. Disp- <laughs> Disposable nerd Fred all of a sudden hears something funky in the forest and walks off. I like why the fuck How do people wander off into the forest can alone? You be? Never, never wander off in the forest alone. This is why I call him disposable, because like only disposable people do this. Like I <laughs> he he goes into the woods, he sees a motherfucking clock on, on a grave. They do. As they do, and as Fred stares into the clock, you see a crowd of random zombie people behind him, and the girl points as her hand gets a claw-like and gangly in a chorus of a murderer to like the crowd. We know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh and we cut to Hopper getting a cut. We, we just completely come from that to something just more depressing and he's getting his head shaved and we see that Joyce and Murray figure out that Hopper is trapped in a prison because of analyzing the uh, the audio that they got Context from the phone call. clues, audio, you know, you know, how you guys feel? Detective clues. Yeah, detective clues, figured out Hopper bribed somebody uh, with his 11 money because of course he did. Smart for him to make all the money to know something that could go wrong. What a genius. Good little pl- plot. Um, then we come back to nowhere about the roller rink, y'all. Uh, this um, fucking roller rink. First of all, it's beautiful. I would love to skate here. Um, they, I wish, like, this is what they, this is like the their season four version of the mall. I have a feeling we're not going to get, like, so- location sets the way we did in season three. Um, but this is, like, their way of, like, making it gorgeously 80s for us. Um, we open with a, yeah. It's, like, just enough. I feel like sometimes the mall was a little much. But this is, I, I liked seeing this set. Uh, and, okay, you know, but imagine stranger things okay this is like just like this is made for a sushi restaurant um doordash sushi commercial oh that you guys legally can't take from me netflix you can't take this from me because i'm saying it um, <laughs> unless you pay me for it imagine them taking over uh roller rinks like like just like rent- renting them out or like like paying them to like redo them like like this like they <gasps> did for like baskin robbins for uh whatever Scoops they did that for baskin robbins yeah they well they didn't How redo it that? but like they added flavors and they gave uh like shirts to the employees and i think like they like added like stuff around like in stores and stuff like that slay slay and i feel like that would be really cool with roller rinks so at the roller rink, uh, the couple is having a fight. Mike and Will. Mike and Will are having a fight. I was going to say the couple. <laughs> yeah, the couple. <laughs> Will is feeling like a third wheel on the trip, and things are getting complicated with the former best friends. Like, who do you think – is there a bad guy in the situation uh, in this fight here? Cause, I mean, cause... not in the fight, I don't think. I think that Will is – I think that Will is right to be um, upset at Eleven for lying to him. And I think he's definitely right to be telling her because she's – telling him because she's not going to do it and she clearly needs some fucking help um but he's also right to defend her and like mike is also right to like defend her and like be upset at him but at the same time like it's stupid of them to be angry at each other it's just because they're going through some stuff and uh wait hold on there's something said in this fight that like you're gay he's literally like you're gay mike says no he did wait he doesn't say he doesn't say that that's not this one and and i don't think i don't think a fight like that happens in this season uh but no no, it's not a fight like there's somewhere where elsa or mike says somebody says that he's gay i can't remember what exactly it is but it was just like a specific like line and i'm gonna have to find and i'll have to find it but i thought it was here well we'll keep an eye out for it uh 
you know, meanwhile, you know, the, it's not like too bad of a fight. He's like, we, uh, uh, Will's he's like, just we like used like to be best that friends. He, he's, and, he was just, Mike was just like upset that he's not happy. Then he's being the third wheel, which like makes sense. He would be upset, you know? Right. And then, but they're like, you know, we're friends. We're friends. Let's just go find Elle. And Elle is crying in the back room. You know, if she had her powers, she would carry these bitches so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they, it's, she would be trouble. over. Yeah. Uh, and as we see her watch her bullies continue to make fun of her through this window that she's looking through, uh, we see a look in her eye and the music shifts. Uh, she tries to go up and stand up to herself, to her bullies. She, like, tries to demand an apology. But Angela goes for the low. And I quote... You'll just have to cry to your daddy instead. Oh, wait. You can't do that either. Like, who says that? Like, what the fuck? Who says that? That's so mean. She's such a mean-ass bitch. Um, and with that... Uh, well, they what? walk away. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, and then okay. Elle's like, I'm not fucking doing this. And she grabs the skate from somebody's hand and she goes... Angela and she and yet again and she takes the bottom of the skate and she hits this bitch in the nose Angela's bitch ass fucking deserved it not just in the nose she doesn't like knock her nose like break it like she she could come from the side and break her nose she hits her right in dead ass in In the the, bridge of her nose between her eyeballs this is gonna give her like brain damage thank god honestly i have always wanted to do something like this i'm not even gonna lie like this was crazy to watch like this was rough to watch i mean a a little bit but like i these girls deserved it i mean yeah definitely it wasn't like like, hard for i didn't feel bad for the girls it was just like i can't believe evan would eleven would do something so violent like without her powers it yeah i mean that it does that does track for her but at the same time you'd think that she's been living with jonathan joyce and will for a whole ass year that joy uh, jo- yeah, jo- that joyce would have taught her a little bit of anger management control even if she hasn't had her powers like you'd think that she was like i'm sure that she was torturing jonathan and will for a minute they're siblings you know i mean they I or mean, not torturing but just like when she was upset She's been a punching bag at school, like not really having enough words to stand up for herself. So I feel like this, I, I feel like this would have been the first instance of her like acting out. Uh, yeah, I just feel like they would they would have physically fought before this, and I wish that like we got some like part of like family life of Eleven adjusting to her, oh, her new family before yeah. this because it feels plot holy to me. I don't think that I really just don't think Eleven would do this specifically with like Joyce and Will. Joyce with her mom and Will and Jonathan as her new brothers. Like, it just doesn't feel accurate. However, this is really rough, and she's been going through it, and that was really hard to watch. And the shift of her going to, like, like you said, like, the villainous shift, like, she went evil mode. It was scary. (laughs) I feel like her actions were valid. Yes, very Uh, much so. But also Will and Mike's reactions are also valid because they're just like, what the fuck happened here? What did you do? What? And Eleven is instantly triggered and um, traumatic and tra- traumatized by um, Papa coming in and saying, "What have you done? What have you done?" And seeing all those dead children in the in that room in the Rainbow Room from se- from Episode One, the intro. 
So meanwhile, we see the uh, the Scooby Doo gang try to locate Eddie at Reefer Ricks, uh, and we also see uh, Frantic <laughs> Nancy trying to like look for Fred. Uh, she's like contacting the police, and she's just like not having any luck. Uh, but like, of course, if you go to the scene of of the attack and someone walked off alone, they were gonna get got, you know. <laughs> And that's literally on him for leaving the area. Yeah. I mean, he's probably under a little something, something, but who knows, who knows. Um, but here we see them looking for Eddie. Um, in this yeah, we come back to that. In this little uh, side of the the lake, I think. The, is that where they're at? Is that yeah, they're, where they're, he lives at? It's like a lake. Not like a house lake on house, the lake, but there's yeah. like a shed attached to the lake. Uh and then we see them locate Eddie in this, like, uh, in, like, the boat shack. He's, like, hiding in a boat. Uh, and we see them try to calm him down. Uh, and then Eddie is trying to describe the horrific death of Chrissy. It's almost like... He's clearly, like, very traumatized, like, from the fact... Like, from the point where they tried to find him. Like, he thought they were trying to kill him. And, like, he's... He was horrified. It was weird for, like them to just come in being like hi it's me it's dustin like when you know it's me you know like he just has to look clearly he's traumatized and then reliving that death he made him sure and it's almost like more scary to watch chrissy's death in flashes as he's describing it again yeah it's definitely. like very unsettling and obviously the gang believes him even though he doesn't believe that they believe him at first but they got to break the news about hawkins to him they don't even, yeah, exactly. He, Dustin was really like, so, you know how they say it's cursed? Well, uh, they're not far off. And, like, how shitty for somebody to break that to you right as, like, As you're being accused shaking, of murder. Like, he's still, he's literally still shaking, telling the story. And Dustin's like, well, you know how they said it's haunted? Just so funny of them to, like write that in like hu somebody hug this man somebody tell him <laughs> that like they've seen something like this before too and you're not going crazy and it's gonna be okay uh, <laughs> and i love this is another moment of dustin just being a perfect just a good uh, guy it's just a yeah a good guy like this like he's talking about all this over eddie uh over fred reliving the car crash he was in uh and like the score with it, it's really good too. It's mm -hmm. it's chilling. Uh, usually, like you hear a lot of synth in Stranger Things, mm -hmm. um, but in this season specifically, there's a lot of organ, piano, and choir. Uh, yeah. As Dusting is explaining the monsters from another world, uh, and uh, you see Fred getting pushed deeper into this nightmare, and he encounters this wet, squelching creature, Vecna. Yeah, um, who we have see who we have like seen a little bit of, and who we knew who he was prior to the show coming, just because we follow them on Instagram, and they literally showed a pic of him and was like, "This is Vecna," which I wish they didn't, honestly. Yeah, it made the reveal a little less impactful, but I feel like his actions are making him scarier as I oh, watch it again. Definitely, he like meets Fred, and at the same time, Fred like Chrissy um, raises into the air in the middle of the street. Cracking bones, cracking jaw, eyes oh, sinking oh, into the back of the head. Does he die before the episode ends? I didn't even, I, I don't even think he does. No, I yeah, he dies. Just, oh, he okay, suffers okay. the same fate as Chrissy and his body is just plopped into the middle of the road. Um, 
And that's that's basically where our episode ends is like while Dust is is explaining, you know, the upside down to Eddie, Fred is just he just gets it. Uh and I feel like the realization of the parallel between the new big bad and uh, as Beckna feels really powerful. Like we've seen the figure out oh, what a Demogorgon yeah. is, the upside down, the smoke monster, and even the mind flare, but this one feels more serious now that they're grown up and it just feels like there's there's more stakes here. It is horrifying. And, and to know that like the Vecna is like humanoid and like a person rather than somebody who is uh like possessing somebody else like, like a squelching monster mind, like, or literally like a, like a dude with no face and a flower mouth. Well, that is scary. And like that so is, is a squelching monster. And so were the demodogs and so was the mind flare and so was the fact that like it was like hive mindingly um, possessing people and mushing them together but the fact that this is like what seems like its own creature with maybe its own mind and the fact that it's preying on their like psychological um weaknesses and like the fact that like his like so, there's it's something that's bothering them and like clearly chrissy had like an eating disorder and like a family trauma and he killed somebody question mark um, uh he got in a car crash fred yeah, got in exactly. a car crash accidental and like, hit and run yeah. type situation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i not hit and run car did you know that vecna is uh mostly practical effects like that's not cg like they put him in a suit like that oh, I that think makes that, sense yeah that the, makes the it more scary for me yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I think that's part of what makes Stranger Things like so unsettling and so scary is because unlike bigger projects like, you know, Marvel or something like that, you know, they use a lot of like practical sets, um, you know, on obviously on green screen stage. But like Morgan was so scary to begin with is like it was like that kind of fucking guy. It was because it was humanoid, but like a monster. And now they've just taken it to a super extra level. And that is insane and horrifying. And they end the episode with Vecna. um, and yeah, that's his fucking curse, bro. Yeah, he's hanging out in this large abandoned house in what we believe to be the Upside Down. Um, and we're left asking ourselves, like, why is he here in this house? What are those screeching bat things? And who exactly <laughs> is Vecna? Who is Vecna? I, okay, like, this... Watching it first pissed me off. And, like, the ne- like coming into the next episode, seeing him, like, it was just, like, I, just, like... I'm, I just didn't understand. Like, like it's just, it's all so confusing. And I was so, um, it, it's fuck Vecna at this point. Um, it's fuck Vecna. Fuck Vecna. It was confusing. And I wish that it was a little more, I agree. I wish it was just like a little more um, cohesive, but I'm sure that it will tie together at some point. If you guys want to hear that, watch the goddamn series and listen to our episodes out Thursdays, baby. Mm-hmm. For Stranger Thursdays, we are taking up the end of your week, uh, and I'm very excited, you know, to start uh, to start doing this. Uh, thank you for being here for episode one of Stranger Thursdays and episode uh, two. Oh, this and, is uh, episode, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is episode one <laughs> okay, yeah. of the pod. Uh, again, coming out every Thursday. Be sure to listen on Wednesdays for Bangers podcast. And, and on Friday. Fridays for a new Banger Friday playlist. Hunter, where can they follow you? 
you can follow me at Hunter Drips, the podcast, um, at Bangers Podcast, and my work at Banes.co. Um, on all places, I'm pretty sure. Good luck spelling them. What about you, Tono? They can follow me at Tono the Rapper on literally everything, and you can listen to my music if you want to. At uh, it's T O N Y O. The tilde is silent. We say it out loud on all major streaming platforms. Uh, and be sure to stream Stranger Things on Netflix. This is an unsponsored podcast. Uh, it really is, us but if it you doesn't have to, to be. Yeah. Exactly. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be. Alrighty, you guys. Um, we'll see you next Thursday. Uh, happy watching. See you later, mouth breathers. Bye. All graphic design and branding done by Baines.co. All audio sound, mixing, production, and editing done by Antonio Lucero at Tono the Rapper. Intro and outro music done by LSB at LSB Production.